wants to work out every day. Nobody wants to wake up at 6 a.m. and go work out. But when I was in college, we had to. And it was because we consistently worked out at 6 a.m. I got physically stronger. I got mentally tougher because I had to wake up at 5.15 to go to a 6 a.m. workout every single day in college. But it was that consistency that allowed me to build mental toughness and to realize I can do hard things. Hey, I'm Ashley Agle. Some of you might know me as Ashley Burkhart, and I'm a former D1 and professional softball player who spent a few years coaching in the college game before deciding to put all of my focus into youth softball players and helping them make their dreams and their goals happen for them. It's our job to help them unleash their potential and become the athletes they've always dreamt of. I come from a small city in the Midwest and didn't let that stop me from making my goal of playing D1 softball a reality. No matter where you live, you have the tools to help you thrive, and I am hoping through this podcast to help you get there. On this podcast, you'll learn from Olympians, Hall of Fame coaches, and elite players what their journeys have been like, and you'll also learn from me and my family a bit of our journey through the game. I'm so excited to have you here, so whip out your notebook and let's learn how we can grow in this game together. Welcome to When the Cleats Come Off. Hey friends, I am literally laying down in a chair with my baby on my chest trying to make sure I get this recorded, but welcome back to another episode of When the Cleats Come Off. I'm so excited to have you here. Today we're going to talk about what is, yep, that was that was him breathing in heavy. What is mental toughness and how can I grow it? This week, I'm giving you an exclusive sneak peek at a recent mental skills workshop I did with my Virtual Hitting Academy members, where we talk from the book Mind Gym about the ways to develop the skill of mental toughness. Yes, toughness is a skill, and that needs to be worked on just like hitting, just like pitching, just like our defense, and we're going to go over how to make it better. We chat about the seven C's that are characteristics of mental toughness, which include building competitiveness, controlling the things that are out of our control, keeping our composure when things don't go our way, and how to be courageous even when our backs are against the wall. We wrap up talking about how we can make sure our highs don't get too high and our lows don't get too low so that we are fully present in the moments when our very best is needed. I love teaching workshops like these, especially when my incredible members interact, take notes, and leave motivated to work on themselves and these practices even after these calls. If you're ready to see how you can be at your peak performance more often on the field, this is going to be a big episode for you to listen and to save whenever you need to refer back to these practices. All right, let's take a listen. First things first. I want you to write in the chat box. And again, you don't have to do this, but I think it would be really awesome if you could share your opinion. What do you think mental toughness is? Because I think all of us have different definitions of it. And this book gives a definition of it. But what's your definition of mental toughness? Um, Let me know in the chat. I want to see what you guys come up with. Good. Isabel said to be more confident. Good. So showing confidence is your version of mental toughness. Mills said... Being able to work through the hard in those hard situations. Yeah, work through the hard. That's a good one. Good. And congrats to Mills. She was recognized as an all-state player. Snaps for Mills in Indiana. 
Kendall said, being able to stay on the sidelines and still be happy for your teammates and not getting down on yourself in hard situations. Good. That has a lot to do with what Mills said as well. It's like, that's a tough situation um, that obviously nobody wants to be on the sidelines and not playing, but being able to persevere through it. Very good. All right. You guys can write some more in there, but we're going to move on to this book's definition of mental toughness. And this person said, so this is from Chris Ever. He said, competitive toughness is an acquired skill and not an inherited gift. And again, that's not the definition of it, but it makes sense. We're not just like born with this toughness muscle, right? Like when we used to fall when we were babies, I now know this because I have a child. He's not walking now, but if he falls, he's going to start crying, right? He's going to be put in a situation where like, he doesn't have to get up, but he's going to find a way to get up. So um, another definition said, a fierce competitor, a battler, an athlete who looks at pressure as a challenge, who refuses to lose and never, ever quits. That is the definition of a fierce competitor, aka someone with mental toughness. Okay, so I'll say that one more time. A fierce competitor, a battler, an athlete who looks at pressure as a challenge, who refuses to lose and never, ever quits. All right. So in this book, um, it also mentions one of those mentally tough players. And I don't know if you guys have heard of her. I hope you have, but like you guys are younger, but her name's Mia Hamm. Does anybody know who Mia Hamm is? Raise your hand if you know who Mia Hamm is. Okay. Bella knows. Okay, great. Bella knows. Kendall knows. If you don't, that's totally fine. She's just probably one of the most recognizable soccer players to ever play ever. She's just insanely good at soccer. And she said, she talks about a warrior mentality. She said, our warrior mentality means that once we step on the field, we are coming after you with a take no prisoners attitude. And a few weeks ago, We talked about how we could maybe think of ourselves as some sort of a warrior or an animal, like like a tiger. For me, I like thinking about a tiger because they're fierce. They look really cool. And also I used to wear eye black. And like, to me, that black reminds me of like tiger stripes. So like that was my version of a fierce competitor. And some of you guys were here for that call and you got to think of some sort of like an animal or um, some analogy that helps you think of being a fierce competitor. So uh, some of you, if you if you remember what yours is, I know some of you also wrote tiger, but if you t- chose like a lion or you chose, you know, whatever, whatever helps you dig into that fierce competitor. Um, Maya Ham said she kind of like has that mentality of like take no prisoners, right? Like when a tiger is pouncing on their prey, they're not going to let it go just because they feel bad for it. No, they are tackling the prey because that is their dinner. They are going to eat it. Now, obviously in softball, we're not trying to eat our opponents, of course, but we are trying to beat them no matter what. Okay. When things come crazy at us, we're going to compete. We're going to try to beat them. So this is my encouragement for you. I want you to think of what sort of maybe animal or warrior mentality you can start thinking of and start to live it up. When you have practices, practice that fierce mentality. Like when I had practiced against my teammates, I was still a fierce tiger. Yeah. Like between reps, we would laugh and giggle and like talk about stuff. But like when we're competing, when we have scrimmages, it is me versus you and I'm going to win. So think about that warrior mentality and what you can think of or imagine and go and practice it. 
okay? Because it's going to help you become a better competitor in games. All right. So this last part of mental toughness talks about seven C's, okay? And you're going to write these down if you can. So the seven C's. Now, these C's, behaviors or beliefs that are characteristics of mental toughness, okay? Um, I was going to have you guys give me like some words that you that you thought of, but some of you already like gave and shared a few of these things. Um, but the first C is competitive, okay? Competitive. Now, if we had like a full hour, I'd probably have you guys give me your definition of, of competitive. But this one uh, talks about a can-do attitude and having a can-do attitude instead of a can't-do attitude. So when things are tough or when you're versus some sort of an opponent, whether it's the pitcher, whether you're on defense and it's the hitter, if you're if you're the pitcher and now your opponent is now the the hitter, competitiveness is this can't having this can do attitude and finding a way to win. And so competitors do when they're thrown a bunch of oh gosh what what do you call this like a bunch of adversity, they're going to compete no matter what. And we want to be that competitor. We want to you know we don't want to be down by ten runs, but what if we are down by ten runs in the second inning? Who can be the competitor who says, okay, they have 10, we're going to get 11. We're going to find a way to get 11. And then you, and then you roll from there. It has a sort of optimism to it too, but competitive is number one. Okay. The second C is confidence. All right. Some of you guys mentioned this one earlier. Tiger Woods said, every time I play in my own mind, I'm the favorite. Confident athletes, athletes have a can-do attitude. We did talk about can-do attitude. They believe they can handle whatever comes their way. So let's talk about this adversity again. That has a lot to do with confidence. I do also think that confidence um, and competitiveness are kind of like the same or they work together. Obviously, all these work together. But confidence is being able to handle any situation that you're given. Any any hand of cards you've been given, you're going to find a way to win with it. Okay? So no matter what. All right. The third is control. All right? Control. Being in control of what you can control. Raise your hand if you have ever let the umpire win. Like let the umpire get in your head or the other pitcher or the other team. Who has let something out of your control get in your head? Maybe it's uh, the weather, things like that. Okay, so we've all been here. That's totally normal. Brooklyn, raised your hand. I love it. Yes. So we all have let this happen before. But what can we do about it? So focusing on what you can control and don't allow the things that are out of your control to affect you. So when the weather is crappy, a good good thought could be, okay, well, the weather is crappy, but like the other team has to compete in this weather too, right? Like nobody wants to compete in the rain, but hey, you're asked to compete in the rain. And now you're going to say, hey, the other team has to do it too. We're just going to do it better, okay? Maybe the umpire had a really terrible call in the game. You're allowed to be frustrated, right? We're not, we're not, but here's the deal. We cannot let our emotions beat us, okay? We cannot let our emotions beat us. So if we roll our eyes or we are like, oh my gosh, that was terrible. And and you take that into your next defensive inning or your next at bat or whatever, we're not going to be successful there. So having control is realizing that this thing is happening that I don't want to happen. 
but I'm going to do something about it. And I'm going to say, you know what? Next play, I got this. Like, I'm going to control what I can control. Remaining poised, remaining, keeping your concentration, even when there's distractions and having emotional control. That is control. All right. Even under pressure, having control in the situation. We all would love that, right? And in the next chapter, we're going to discuss how we can gain control when craziness happens. Okay. Number four is committed. And by the way, if you guys have like questions throughout this, you can write them in the chat. I'm just rolling through these bullet points. And then at the end, I'll give some time to answer any of your questions. Um, but realize they're actually going to probably be a lot of your questions will get answered throughout today. And I know I'm like barreling through this stuff, but this is some of my favorite work is these seven C's. So committed, committed, mentally tough athletes focus their time and energy on their goals and their dreams. Okay. You guys would not be here doing virtual hitting Academy if you didn't have goals or dreams for yourself. And here's the deal. Some of you joined without goals or dreams, but we all together have discussed what a goal or a dream is that we have. I told you guys when I was your age, I wanted to play softball at Notre Dame. Like that was my goal, my dream. I wanted to wear Notre Dame across my chest and represent that university. Now, all of you guys know, I went to Purdue and not Notre Dame, but it was in pursuit of that goal to play at Notre Dame that allowed me to get really, really, really good at softball and then be able to find other schools that I actually didn't realize that I had loved. Okay. So I found Purdue because I had the goal and the dream of Notre Dame. So you guys, your goal or dream might be to hit first in the lineup or to win a state championship or go play college. Not everybody has that goal and that's okay, but find the goal and be committed to that goal. All right. Be locked in on it. And here's the deal. This is probably the most important thing I will tell you today. The people that reach their goals or make their dreams happen are the people who want it more. Okay. Thousands of other athletes in the United States of America wanted to play at Notre Dame and they wanted to play in college just in general, but it was my job to want it more and to practice more because I wanted it more and to stand out and go to the camps that I needed to go to, to get in front of them. I knew that if I wanted to make this dream happen, it was my job to want it more than anyone else. So the the teams that win, it's like obviously a goal of ours is to like win games. So if you're up against an opponent, it's the team that wants it more that almost always wins, right? The team that has the most energy, that is locked in and present and getting the job done. Those are the teams that win more. Same goes for us. Okay. So we got to want it more than anyone. Okay. More than our parents. My parents did whatever they could to help me, but without me in the driver's seat saying I wanted this, they weren't going to do that for me. You're in the driver's seat of your dreams. Okay. All right. The next C composure. Composure. Mentally tough athletes know how to stay focused and deal with adversity. How they manage their emotions can determine whether they win or they lose. Okay. How many times, like raise your hand if your emotions have ever gotten the best of you, AKA we got really frustrated and we took it into another at bat, or let's say 
the umpire called you out on a really bad pitch. Good. Yeah. Bell's raising your hand too. Yes. It's all happened before. The problem is if we don't handle our emotions, those are, those emotions are going to beat us. We're going to beat ourselves if we stay in our emotions too long. Okay. You can have, and, and I think Amanda actually talked about this when she was, um, when she met with us, she's a mental skills coach. And she talked about like having 20 seconds, right? Like have your 20 seconds of let's, let's be mad. Let's like analyze the situation. But then after that 20 seconds, it's our job to flush the toilet and get back to focus. Okay. So if you have like 20 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever you decide is your number, stick with that. And after the 20 seconds, it's over. Like dump it like it's a boyfriend that we just didn't treat us well, right? Like get like bye, get out of here because you have to focus on the next play. We cannot be distracted. So maintaining composure is everything. Keeping focus and managing our emotions. All right, we got two left. Courage. Courage is the sixth C. Taking risks and going all out with no fear. Okay, that is courage. Another reason why I really like my tiger as my warrior mentality, right? Tigers, they look courageous. I mean, I even have a tiger on my wall. You can't tell me that that tiger, oh, can you guys see it? You can't tell me that tiger on my wall doesn't look like it has courage, right? You have to have that sort of courage. If you're going up against a really tough pitcher, you got to be courageous and say, I'm going to beat her and I'm going to find a way to beat her. And who knows, maybe we fail. Maybe we hit a pop-up. Maybe we strike out. But you have the courage to stand in the box. Keep doing courageous acts and you will become more confident. I'm going to say that one more time. Keep doing courageous acts and you will become more confident. Um, and that leads me right to the last one. Consistency. So if we can consistently do courageous things or do things even though we don't want to do it, right? Nobody wants to work out every day. Nobody wants to wake up at 6 a.m. and go work out. But when I was in college, we had to. And it was because we consistently worked out at 6 a.m. I got physically stronger. I got mentally tougher because I had to wake up at 5.15 to go to a 6 a.m. workout every single day in college. But it was that consistency that allowed me to build mental toughness and to realize I can do hard things. Every single one of you can do hard things. Every single one of you. And the more you do hard things, the more mentally tougher you become. Pretty cool stuff, right? I'm telling you, this book is sweet. I love this book so much. This is like my if eighth time reading. curious how your daughter can and become you know, a member you guys know of I hate reading Academy, we're currently accepting new members for the next six months. And I can't stress this enough, how much growth and confidence she will find in her game just from the workshops like these, meeting with me one-on-one -on -one in our swing analysis calls or any other mental skills calls that you want to have for your athlete, watching the hundred plus hours of mental skills and hitting content in the vault, and especially getting to interact with incredible guest speakers that we've had, like Sue Inquist, we're about to have Coach Hutch on, and we still have all the recordings from former college athletes, current college athletes, even professional athletes and Team USA players, Team Canada players. There's The limits are endless, and we're about to have so many more guest speakers come on too. 
The growth that I've seen from these young women finding their confidence within themselves and their swings in these past six months is insane. We've had members recently hit their first home run over the fence, become leaders on their teams, commit to colleges, get recognized as all-conference and all-state players, some even recognized on the national level. We even had one of our members this past year from California represent the Colombian national team this spring at the Pan Am Games in Peru. Their milestones keep piling up, and I could not be more proud to see all of them crushing the goals that they have made for themselves. My goal with every VHA member is that they walk away knowing that the world is their oyster. And I want to work with you to help make the huge goals that you have for yourself a reality. Just for being a member of this podcast, I am giving you an exclusive $15 off of VHA. All you have to do at checkout is type the code PODCAST15, that's PODCAST15, and you'll be able to snag that exclusive discount. Just head to www.ashleybtraining.com, click on VHA, and when you check out, type in the code PODCAST15 and you're in. I can promise you right now, the investment is worth every penny. And if you don't like it after the first month, you can totally send me an email and say, I want out and I'll give you a full refund. But that's how much I believe in this stuff. I hope to see you as one of our newest members of our Smash Drive. And yes, that means you parents too, and help you learn how to become the version of you on and off the field that you've always wanted to be. Just head to www.ashleybetraining.com to see how we can work together inside of VHA starting as early as this week. All right, let's head back to the show. But this next chapter is called Know Your Numbers, and we're gonna talk about how we can manage our energy so that we're at our peak performance more often. All right, this next chapter, Know Your Numbers, is on page 29. I also love this book because like this chapter is three pages. That's it, all right? Um, but this uh, Know Your Numbers chapter is probably one of the teachings that I actually teach a lot, okay? And it's about not letting your highs get too high or your lows get too low, okay? We've all been in situations where it's a really stressful situation and there's a lot of pressure and your heart rate's going a million miles an hour and we basically like are not even present because we're worried about the future and we get ourselves out. Okay, we've all been there before. We've also been in situations where like maybe we're the 7 a.m. game and we are just not fully awake. Okay. That is like a situation of letting our lows get too low, right? If we if we don't wake up by the time game starts, and what I mean wake up is like we're not fully present or focused, then our performance will be low. Same thing if our heart rate is too high or we're too excited or too amped up in a situation we're also not gonna have a good performance, okay? We have to find the middle ground that allows you to find your peak performance, okay? So being in between super excited and not excited at all, we wanna find that sweet spot, okay? So what I want you guys to draw, if you guys have your um, notebooks with you, is a bell curve, okay? Don't worry about the circles on the sides, I'll tell you about that later, but a bell curve. Some of you may have taken math class and know what a graph is, okay? Um, so you have like your y-axis and your x-axis. Okay. So here's what I want you to draw. Here's your x-axis here. So draw an x-axis or sorry, that's your y, y-axis, and then an x-axis that's a little bit longer below. Okay. If you can go ahead and draw that. And if not, you guys can always watch this later and draw it again. 
Um, so there's your, your access. And then on the bottom, I want you to put numbers one through 10. Okay. So one through 10 on the bottom right here. Boom. And then when you get to five, I want you to create like a dotted line. Well, like similar or parallel to the Y axis, put a dotted line right here at five. And then once you get super fancy, good luck with this. I had to do a lot of practice to do this. I want you to create almost like this mountain where it peaks and then it falls. So you go up the mountain, peak, fall. So draw that so that it ends at around 10 and starts at one and it works its way up. Okay. It doesn't matter how high it is. I'll tell you what you're drawing here in a second. Again, don't worry about the circles. You don't have to draw those. This is where I want you to write on the y-axis, so the up and down line, I want you to write performance, okay? Performance is on the y. And then the bottom where they're the, the numbers one through 10, I want you to write stress. Based on this bell curve and what we've already talked about, who can tell me what you think this graph represents? What does this graph represent? You guys can just jump on and talk. That'll be the fastest way we can do it. What does it represent? Good. Addison says our ups and downs. Very good. Very simple way to think about it, but it's very true. Our ups and our downs. Good. Good. So specifically, the ups, so the peak of the mountain, is what we call peak performance. So I, I circled the top of the mountain and I wrote peak performance, like a peak of a mountain top. So if you guys want to write at the, at the top of the mountain, peak performance, our peak performance is basically like where we are at our best. Okay. Like when we came up clutch in a game with a hit, or we got a really good strikeout as a pitcher, like against a really good batter or the catcher threw somebody out at second, like peak performance. That's what that is. Now peak performance, like I was saying before, you don't find your peak performance or your best performance when you're super tired or lazy or just exhausted, right? This is why we work on recovery and things like that. Make sure we get enough sleep and we eat the right things. But we don't have our peak performance there. Therefore, the the left side of the graph, so one through four, that is us at what I was just mentioning. You know, early game or we're tired or... Um, exhausted, didn't get enough sleep. Like those are examples of, you know, one through three where our performance isn't going to be very good. So like, we're going to be over here on the mountain. Okay. So if you want to write some of those scenarios, like lack of sleep or, um, super tired or whatever, like that's, that's that side. So low energy is this side. So that's an example of our lows being too low. So if you show up to a game like that, good luck. It's not going to work, right? Now, the opposite side, so 8 through 10, so this side of the mountain, I like to use the example of we just hit our first home run and we haven't gotten over it yet. We're still super amped up and our heart rate's super high and we're just going nuts and we're taking that into our next at bat. Are we going to be at our peak performance if we do that? No, we won't be at our peak performance because if we're too amped up, our heart rate's too high, our peak performance cannot be found there, right? We have to go back to where were we before we hit that legit home run, right? We were focused. Our heart rate was not super high and not super low. It was, it was at a focused state. 
in the book, in this chapter, um, they talk about a guitar analogy. So a guitar string analogy. I don't know if any of you are into music, but I like this analogy. So if, if the strings on the guitar are too loose, so that's just like saying maybe you're too loose or you're tired and like, we don't really have control of ourselves. That's like one through three on this graph. If they're too loose, the music will be flat in the guitar. Therefore our game will be flat. Does that make sense? So if we're too loose, we're going to play flat. Also, if guitar strings are too tight and then you start playing the guitar, they could break or snap, right? Now I'm not saying we're going to break or snap, but it's not going to sound very good on a guitar if it's too tight. We're also not going to play very good if we're too tight, right? We've all gone up to bat and we're gripping the bat way too tight. We have to be in a controlled, loose, but also in control situation, okay? That is how we do this. So if you're super nervous or super amped up, that is eight through 10 on the graph. If it's if you're tired, distracted, not present, too loose, that is one through three. We need to exist between somewhere between four and six or four and seven. I would say like five, six, eh, yeah, four through seven, four through six, somewhere there, okay? That is where we are at our peak performance. Now, in the future, we're going to do more chapters that talk about how we can, like if we're too high, and we can actually talk about this now because I don't want to leave you on a cliffhanger. But if our emotions are too high, what are things that we've talked about as a group that can help you bring down your heart rate? What are things that you can focus on or do? What do you think? There's some easy ones and then there's some tough ones. Let's start with the easy ones. Let's talk about the easy ones. Your heart rate's a little too high and we need to bring it down a little bit. What can we do? Your breath. Your breath. Very good. Very good, you guys. Yes, take deep breaths. Deep breaths, especially into your stomach, not your shoulders. Deep breath into our stomach. We've done this before when we did yoga and we did stretching. It calms down our nervous system. Not too low, right? but it does enough for us to like regulate and be at a focused state. So if your highs are too high, focus on breathing. Now, if your lows are too low, I like the example of if you're headed to a game and you're exhausted, what are some things that you can do to help get you amped up? What are some things you can do to get you amped up and excited? There's really like no wrong answers. I'll give you my examples, but I want to hear yours. Let's say you're super tired or you have a good, like a big game coming up and you just got to like get to focus, get yourself amped. I was hoping to say amp, like amp up the music. Did anybody listen to music before games? Yeah. Good. Good. Isabel, that's a good one too. Yeah. So some of you, I really preferred music. Like I would put on my headphones and I would blast some of my favorite songs and that would get me hyped. Like I have a Spotify playlist of all my favorite songs that get me hyped. That's why that's like the purpose of a, like when you play in college or some high schools even have this, like you have, um, sorry, my brain's not working right now. Walk-up songs, right? Walk-up songs are there to amp you up, right? So that's a prime example of, of that situation. I really like Isabel's. Isabel's answer said she's doing one of her favorite drills. So 
doing her favorite drill gets her excited. So when she's warming up for the game, she's doing her favorite drill so she could feel good and amp herself up. Okay. So those are just a few scenarios of how to get yourself to peak performance. But do you guys understand the purpose of peak performance and how we can get there? Kendall, I think stretching is kind of like one of those things. Like we stretch before and we stretch after. So it could be like either one. Like stretching before helps you get your mind right before the game. But also stretching after can like bring you down. Like bring you down as as in like take care of yourself and recover. I think it could be either one. Very good. These were a couple of my favorite chapters. I was so excited to teach it to you today. Again, you guys will be able to watch this on Facebook again. Um, and you can save it and watch it whenever you want. But if you really like this, I recommend like go back and listen again. Maybe you'll pick up something else because I kind of flew through those chapters, especially those seven C's. But let me know. So here's your homework. Right in our group me. So our our group me of all of us together. Uh, write down which C was your favorite. Which C are you good at, I should say? Which C do you have down pat? Confidence, control, committed, composure, courage, consistency. And then the first one was, was competitiveness. Okay. So write down in the group chat, which one was your favorite? If, if you're not in the group chat, send me an email with your the C that you dominate, that you do great. Okay. All right. That's our chat for the day. We'll be hitting next week. Crazy enough, our six months is almost up. Our six months is almost up, which we're going to continue to do this in July. Um, but our first round together, all together, it's almost done. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So I'm going to be sending you guys an email about um, me having you send me some swings so we can compare your swing from where it is now to where it was in January when we first got together. Okay. So I'll be doing that in the future and then I'll get to see your swings and then we'll, we'll plan another call where we get to compare those two swings. Cause if you've been putting in the work, your swings gonna look great right now or a lot better than it was in January. Okay. Bye friends. See you later. Great job today. I don't know if you can tell, but I love being this group's coach. Virtual Hitting Academy. It's it's one of my pride and joys specifically because I get to work with athletes hands-on no matter where they live. Like the athletes that were in this conversation lived in California, North Carolina, Indiana, and that's just a few of them. I just love how they get to work on themselves. And immediately after these calls, they pop up in the group text and they hold each other accountable to the homework that I give them. If you're curious what the bell curve was that we talked about or what it looks like, you can watch or share this video with your softball tribe. You can find it on my YouTube channel, Ashley Burkhart Training. So head on over there. I'll put the link in the show notes so you can check it out. Thank you again for showing up for yourself today. And remember, when you keep showing up and taking action, that itself leads to confidence in whatever you're doing. Don't forget our virtual hitting academy doors for the next six months close soon. And you can get $15 off by using the code podcast15. That's one five by heading to www.ashleybtraining.com, clicking on the VHA tab. And then if it's for you and you want to check out, you check out and type in the code podcast15 and you'll see your discount in there. I would love to be a mentor to your athlete and to hold her accountable to those huge goals that she has for herself, especially as a hitter. If you love this episode, please share it with a friend and don't forget to stay awkward, stay humble, and keep smiling. 
Have a great week.